What's up, fellow Zeros? Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast whose biscuits are burning. I'm Joe, and joining me to talk to you about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we have two other tunes. I cheaped out on you. That's fine. I and expected it. Good. <laughs> you know me well. That voice is sequel. The podcast with 50-year-old lust and a 3-year-old dinky. I thought about that one. <laughs> it's such a good line. And that other voice you're hearing is Corey. The podcast that's had one too many refrigerators dropped on its head. These are all startlingly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also didn't put in the honorable mention, but the obvious chalk, chalk honorable mention of the podcast that's not bad, we're just drawn that way. Yeah, that's the most famous line from the movie. Easily. Pam Did demanded. Think about picking it. Of course not. Pam demanded that I put it in as a bet. I was like, "That's not happening, Pam." She's like, "No, it's you a bet." You put it in, or I am leaving. <laughs> She's like, "That's your bet." I'm like, "That's your opinion, Pam. That's not the that's, way it's gonna that's go." That's your opinion. That's like your opinion, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that exciting mess about talking about who framed Roger Rabbit, we've been watching other. Wait, no, actually, there was an email I wanted to read. Ooh, what? Whom? Yeah. It's just Bennett recommending us a movie. Good. Sweet. Bennett writes, Swamp Thing over Joker. Hey guys, so I know you're going to see Joker soon, which looks sad and gross and depressing and DC-ish. So to wash off some of its funk... No, to wash some of its funk off. Did you know free on Amazon Prime is a new crisp HD transfer of Return of the Swamp Thing? An 80s so bad it's good cult classic with beautiful Heather Locklear and dastardly Louis Jordan and Dick Durek. As Swamp Thing. Five bucks says Joe likes it better than Joker. And he wrote this before we'd even recorded the Joker episode. Oh, really? <laughs> or at least before it was posted. Huh. Okay. So that's fun. Because I'm sure I would. Probably. I probably will like it better than Joker. Maybe we'll do it one day, Bennett. Yeah. Thanks. Why not? If you want to be like Bennett and send us a fun little email, it's zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom! And now, without any more... Unscheduled delays onto what we've been watching this week. Hey, Corey, what'd you watch? Got a bunch of different things. Um, nothing super surprising or super new. Stuff that we've talked about before, but I will recap. I had to take a trip to Florida, so um, I forgot to save something I hadn't seen from Amazon Prime. So I just had to go with some of the stuff I had already saved. Oh, no. Um, so I watched Into the Spider-Verse on my way down. Always an excellent, it excellent choice. It was such a fucking good choice. It was such a good choice. I talked the class that earned a party in my into watching it into watching it today. Yes, excellent. I watched the first half of it again today, and I'm probably going to finish it on the drive home. I'm you not going to watch it. You might have actually seen this movie more than I have. I, at this I, point. I, it's just at this point, I can throw it on and just have it on in the background and know that I'm happy about it. But this time around, I got the feels super hard when they knock on May's door. Really? Uh, yeah. I, like the movie's always like been moving and like like powerful in certain spots, but like that one never got me until this time around. I was like, oh, that's always one of my stops on like Tear Town. Yeah, when I'm watching the movie, that's always one of the one of the stops. In the ten train. year old, ten years older Peter Parker, who's already had to bury Aunt May, gets to see her again. Oh, totally why he stays. I don't get like yeah, he wants MJ back, but he stays for Aunt May. He wants to he he chooses. He chooses to stay because he wants to save Aunt May. Tear Town for me is when Miles can't answer the door when his dad's knocking on the door. Yeah, that's a big Ooh. Tear Town. Oh yeah, that that's, one gets you. That's a very and, popular stop. And Ooh. it's 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 weird because all of these Tear Town moments happen 
in quick succession, in quick succession, realistically. So yeah, that's one. Uh, they've put Oceans twelve and thirteen on Netflix. So naturally, I watched Oceans thirteen. I like it better than twelve. It's well, it's clearly better than twelve. Is it better than eleven? That's the debate. I haven't seen those movies in so long. I should revisit. Personally, I would say thirteen's my favorite. I I'm with you. I, I want to say eleven's mine. I don't know if it's definitively better than 11 i think 13 has a better villain 13 definitely has a better villain and 13 we know and love the characters so much by then it's it's just yeah i think i think there's like a lot of like oh danny and the guys getting up to their old they're back at it again they're back at it again i really do i think that's what a lot of it is 11's a lot of getting to know you who really don't get major backstory information Mm -hmm. with with most of the 11 12 is just like a mess. It's really confusing as to what's going on. And then 13 is like, okay, the gang's all here. Yeah. And we can appreciate, get right into the funny quips. And So what I'll say about it, about, I guess, the most, or what I, I think is the best um, interactions are the ones between Danny and... Um, Rusty. Rusty. And in Ocean's Eleven... It seems really natural how they know each other's thoughts, like the way they're that, besties. Yeah, and they continue on with that trend in Ocean's thirteen or twelve and thirteen. But by thirteen, it it seems almost forced. Where like Russie's walking down, like they're walking, and he's like, "Relations could be, yep, but they're also that's right." Like in eleven, you don't need that. Like they just like, okay, it's, it's quicker, I guess. And eleven's got my favorite line in the entire series. You think we need one more? You think we need one more? Right. And okay, we'll get one yeah, more. Yeah, he doesn't answer. Okay. It's, it's like, it's so good. He uses just, it in his house all the time. I do, actually, yes. I really like Al Pacino in 13. He's, he's like, yeah, he's such a good villain. I forgot Al Pacino it's was like in 13. He's serious Al villain. Pacino, which we rarely get anymore, so it's it's fun. Next <laughs> next to no freakouts, except for the one that makes sense. Yes. That's great. Who's got a Microtron? Whatever. Magnetron. Magnetron. Who's got a Magnetron? <laughs> Everybody empty their pockets. Uh, and the last thing I will talk about is uh, the boys. Okay. I started and you finished. You did it. I started Yay. and finished the boys. What did you think about it? I fucking loved it. I loved it. But I'm also a fan of social commentary and politics as a whole. It's really good. It's just upsetting because that's how it would actually be if oh, superheroes were in this yes, world that we live for in. For sure. Which makes me so sad. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't know what the word is. Upset isn't the right word, but it's the one I'm going to go with. Upset with the cliffhanger. Well, they got to get you into season two. Oh, for sure. But like, man, I did not want to see that happen. Like, no, no, I don't think anyone did. Oh God. That's a hundred percent accurate. For that, that to be a thing. I'm like, Ooh, that's not great. That stings. But it also might lead to. I, I, I haven't read the comic, so I don't know where it goes. Haven't either. But my my guess is that that is the only thing that could stop Homelander. We'll find out. Yeah, yep. that's possible. That's, that's my assumption, anyways. Two questions for you, Corey. Yes. One spoiler-related. Okay. We'll do that one second. Got it. First one. The dolphin scene, was that the funniest thing you've ever seen? Uh, <laughs> pretty fucking close. That was amazing. I... Remember seeing the scene play out, and at a certain point, I was like, 
they do that thing that like gives me like anxiety when I'm watching movies. They do that one shot in like the cabin of the car, and you're like, oh no, he's gonna get hit. Right. Like you're gonna you see, see him coming. get t boned. So when that shot happened, I was like, oh god, what are they gonna? Is he gonna? That dolphin's gonna fly through the. Yep. And then it happened, and it was like shock and awe and appalling. But it was so fucking fun. Like it was like one of those things that was so insane. I had to like laugh. It was so out of place. Like, oh. not that it wasn't funny. It's just it. They've I, given me no indication that this kind of joke is a thing that they would be doing. No, for sure. And but the but the for the fact that it came back up, what three episodes later, in a much smaller fashion with the lobster. Yeah, like this the guy can't. Funny scene too. And and they, they did, killed that character, man. Oh god, they did they, the one thing I really hate. <laughs> Is when they make a douchebag, dicky character somebody that I'm supposed to feel for. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, I don't know if I fought for him enough. The know. scene when when he brings that girl back and he and he's like forced to take off. Yes, okay. Well, that's, I that's forgot the taste about of his that own scene. medicine. Uh, you're yeah. right. No, yeah. absolutely. You're absolutely right. But like, I always feel like you're supposed to feel, and I'm like. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Because now he's the victim and you're supposed to feel for him, but like... But I don't... And, it's hard and, to because he was such a douche. Exactly. And, and they did the it's same confusing. thing in, in Handmaid's Tale. Right. They made me want to feel for Aunt whatever, Aunt... I can't remember what her fucking name is. May. Aunt May. I wish. Well, if you don't like that, never start 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, nope. never. I have no intentions that. of it. Good. We, I've, I've gone on record saying my reasons other, I won't watch that show. My other boy's question, which is heavy spoiler filled. Sorry, listeners. Skip for the next 30 seconds or so. I think I'm going to cut some of this out. That's yeah, fair. You should. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are the, really the only things that I have worth talking about. Sequel, what'd you watch? I watched um, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie that came out. All right, that did come out. I started it. Yep. And three minutes in. It like my Netflix went fucking haywire, okay, and sent me back to the trailer. It broke bad. It did, uh, and it sent me back to the trailer, and it would only let me get to that thirty-minute spot, and then started again. I got so mad at it, I turned it off. I wanted to see that movie so bad by now, but I have not seen it. So how is it? It's fine. Stones. It's just, just, just okay. It's like if it was a Breaking Bad episode, it'd be like a middle of the pack Breaking Bad episode. Oh, that's not great. It, it's. I heard it feels rushed. I, I would agree with that. It's just... Is it like 90 minutes? It's about 90 minutes. It's the... What they chose to do is just seems kind of off the wall. Like, um, not really a spoiler, but the welding company that built the cage that, kept Je- that held Jesse prisoner, mm-hmm. that's like one of the main villains of... <laughs> it's, it's really that's a... weird the direction that they they chose to go in there's cool throwbacks and stuff i mean there's there's a little bit of fan service in there but my main critique did you say bitch once wow and in the flashback scene but yeah. it fits with his character because he's broken when we see him and he's not going to revert back to his old self he kind of does in one part that's like my favorite part of the movie but if you guys plan on watching it then uh, I, I won't say it my okay. main critique is a lot of flashback scenes of Jesse Plemons as Todd. Jesse Plemons is really beefed up. Like, he's a tad overweight for the Jesse Plemons we got during the show. And it, like, clearly shows, like, he's a little bit of a diet. He's got a really, like, full face going on. Um, he just did not have that during the show. I hear that they do a lot of timeline jumping. Yes. Which is, you know, it's all right. It fills in the gaps for, uh... So we really don't get a lot of Jesse in the cage. 
mm-hmm. and there's major events that happened while he was there so yeah we really it's hard to even gauge how long of a time that is between when he gets put in the cage and when yeah he comes i mean back. i'm gonna say close to a year that'd, that'd be my the guess. whole show takes place over the course of a year the course of two years two years yes two years but you don't know like half a year with with the with those skinheads spending all that money and doing doing whatever whatever they have to do we don't know how long walt's up in uh wherever he is yeah when he's on hiatus so Jesse was in that cage the entire time. The entire time. Yeah, so. Whoa. That was El Camino. I watched um, Big Mouth Season 3. How was that? Funny. No, it's a good show. I love that show. It's it's uh, a lot of laughs. It's definitely going to be a fourth season. And he's, they're planning a spinoff show. I think yes. it's going to be uh, an office-style show with the um, hormone monsters, the shame wizard, and like the depression cat. Like, Because they're all like... Remember that one episode where they're in the office and getting mm-hmm. assignments and stuff like that? It's, that's what's going to be. Oh, cool. That would be pretty interesting. I don't know. Maybe that was like... one of those shows that I, me and Pam binged for a while and never finished binging. So I, I still have a good bit of season two left also. But I know where I stopped. I was like, this is fucking great. It goes quick. There's a there's a heavy superhero episode also. So Nice. And it's, uh yeah. No, it's good. I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. I like that movie a lot. It's really good. Never seen. <laughs> Is that George Clooney? Yes. So Wes Anderson movie. So it's like a little weird, but it's claymation. It's it's fun. I like it. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so that, that was good. I actually watched that before we started today. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I have a one. What have you been reading? And I finished a graphic novel called Marvels. It is Whoa. outstanding. It is. The superhero story of New York as told by a photographer. The artwork is incredible. It's a lot of photorealism. And this guy lives through World War II into the 60s. So it's a lot of the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, Spider-Man. And it's like society's perception of these superheroes, which he calls Marvels. A lot of J. Jonah Jameson. See his like motivation for for different things, and it's really good. It's set in the Marvel universe. Yes. Okay. So you actually see Marvel characters in yes, it. but okay. they're not the feature, the the focal point. He, it's, this guy is. It's events happening in New York City that he's like, all right, I gotta like take photographs. <laughs> okay. Of this now, he's like a freelance photographer. He Daily Bugle. Part of it, he interacts with Peter Parker. Can't stand Peter Parker, but he is a big Spider-Man fan. Like it's, it's just like things like that. <laughs> you could actually, be disappointed. That's fantastic. Actually, he, he goes to a um a banquet when um and he's covering an uh, an artist friend statue of the Fantastic Four, and then there, these old deputants are like talking really bad things about mutants right in front of like Professor Xavier. <laughs> like, oh, they have no idea, and it's like. There's 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 good moments like that and um a lot of Easter eggs, so cool. It was a fun read, quick read too. So nice. highly recommend it. Nice. Noted. What have you been watching, Joe? I watched three movies this week. First one I watched was Eddie the Eagle. Okay, good movie. And? That movie was awesome. Okay. I loved Eddie the Eagle. It's a pretty generic sports movie, but Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton are great. Taron Egerton is an amazing actor. Yes. And he's still so young. Correct. Yes. Because they show you still photos of the guy, actual Eddie the Eagle, and he has his mannerisms like perfectly. He's really good at at um, 
I guess for lack of better terms, becoming the person that he's trying to be. Portraying yeah. an actual public figure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like he nails Elton John. He does. He, he nails really nails Eddie Elton Eagle. John. So Eddie Eagle's great. Lots of heroic sports moments in it. Edge of the seat moment, even though you totally know that they succeed because it's a sports movie. Uh, I watched uh, Return of the King, so now I've finally seen all of Lord of the Rings because that was the one I'd never seen. And the- theatrical cut. Yeah, God, yes. Good. <laughs> um, Return of the King is fine. I don't. These movies don't do it for me. I think Two Towers is the best one because Two Towers and Return of the King are kind of the same movie, but Return of the King is an hour longer. There's so much unnecessary slow motion in that movie. There's like a scene where they just hug in slow motion for about five minutes. After he wakes up? Yeah. In Riverdale? Why? What, what, what is this? What filmmaking is? I get that people love this movie, but it's just like, you didn't need, it didn't need to be this long. You know what the worst part is? So you're seeing four hobbits jump up, or three hobbits jumping up on the bed, like they're actual children, which is interesting because these, these people are like 60 years old, like... Story-wise, like, they're older. Like, they're older people. So to see them jumping on a bed, like... Well, that's like the Hobbit lifestyle. I guess. I get that. And plus, it's a huge bed, because it's not meant for Hobbits. It's true. true. But they also then cut to Gandalf's face, and Gandalf is just... they has like, the weirdest look on his face. The weirdest little smile. It's so long of a shot. The shot doesn't end. Did you hate the fact that they stopped and start? They stopped and ended that movie like three oh, times. Oh, it, it ends like six times. It ends yes. six times, and I hate it. Yeah, I, I think one of the last it. ones. I was like, Are "You serious again? Yeah, stop. Yeah, it got I'm to a done point. Watching this, it's been three and a half hours. I at, at a certain point, I stopped believing that it was ever going to end. I I was just like, "How? This is just this is my life now. I'm going to watch different things ending in Middle Earth for the rest of my life." Yeah, that was that was kind of my journey. When the end appears on the screen, I'm like, "Where's the question mark?" And then the next scene, "Where's the stinger?" (laughs) Here it comes. So that movie's fine. Yeah, more Oscar wins than any other movie in history, but it's never brought up in the discussion of greatest movie of all time, and I'm so happy about that because it shouldn't be right. It was a very weak Oscar year, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm hoping so. Not that I thought it was terrible. It's just, it's it's fine. It's an alright movie. That was the year it went up against Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, but that... The first Pirates one? The that couldn't have been the no, first one. I don't think so. And if it was... It must have I, been... I, I know... It wasn't a real contender for... Pirates was a real contender for special effects, and it lost to a Lord of the Rings movie. I don't know if it was the first one, if it was Fellowship. That sounds like it's more close, but I'm not sure. Oh, I did forget one thing. I also watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Which as one? In, Curse of the Black Pearl. No, as in the ride at Disney. I went to Disney. Oh, I went, oh. To, I went to Disney. Very good. Yeah, well, I mean, I was down in Florida. The memorial service ended at like 12.30. Like the reception after the service ended at like 12.30. And Disney didn't close till 11. Apparently it doesn't close till 11 on Saturdays. So I got like a full day. I was like, I'm, I'm going. When's the next time I'm going to be down in Orlando? Might as well do this. So I did. Return of the King went up against Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Mystic River, and Sea Biscuit. I've never seen any of those other movies. You've and never seen Mystic River? No. I fucking love that movie. Mystic River is a very good movie. It is such okay. a good movie. I'll add it to my list of things. It, it thriller? Mystery? Um, Mystery thriller? I mean, I it's feel a, like... It's a, it's a drama. It's drama. definitely a drama. Heavy drama. Heavy drama. Great cast. Great cast. I'm trying to see the effects categories here. 
Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl had sound editing. It didn't win, obviously. Anything Florida Was it was it for Lord of the Rings or was it for or which Lord of the Rings was it? Return of the King. It was Return of the King. Yeah. Cool. Pirates came out later than I thought it did. Yeah. Visual effects Lord of the Rings is everything was nominated for it won. It won eleven for eleven. Never been done. Probably never be done again. I thought it didn't. I thought it didn't didn't go perfect. It won eleven for eleven. It's the only yeah. Movie ever to get. I think Titanic went 11 to 13. Oh, yes. maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with. And okay. then the last movie I watched was Denzel Washington's Taken, a.k.a. The Equalizer. Uh, another great movie. That movie's fine. It's pretty I pretty standard it. action love, movie. Love, I like it. Love that movie. I really, really? I didn't, yes. It's I outstanding. Liked, I liked it so much, I didn't bother to see The Equalizer 2. Equalizer 2 is a... If Equalizer is a 9 out of 10, Equalizer 2 is a 6.5 out of 10. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. And I didn't want such a good movie to be spoiled for me. Like I don't want to see it get taken down a peg when you can... like. Have you ever seen the show Like no. that it's based off of? I didn't realize it was a show until you mentioned it a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Honestly. The show's weird. Equalizer is a much older person. Yeah. So I remember like watching the trailer for the show. I was like, oh, is this the Equalizer? The Equalizer's dad. Like, what is this? <laughs> Mr. Equalizer. <laughs> um, The Equalizer came out around the same time John Wick did, too. I think they were both 2014. Like, it's the same year. Perhaps. I did not see John Wick in theaters. I saw The Equalizer in theaters yeah. a couple of times, actually. But, like, I remember whichever one came out first, I remember seeing the second one being like, wow, these movies are really similar in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, just one's lower budget. Well, I would imagine John Wick was lower budget than The Equalizer. The Equalizer is good. Unfortunately, my copy of it skipped a lot towards um, the end of the movie. So that was the worst. I didn't care for the the hardware store fight with the, um, the, end fight, coming, right? with the sprinklers because I had trouble deciphering who was who. I think I might have missed the sprinkler part because of there. the skips. Okay. Yeah. Worst. One of my dad's favorite movies. I also think not that movie it's solid. It's, yeah. it's just oh, for like real. A, yeah. My dad loves that movie as well. I think the the hardware scene bothers me because that's not how nail guns work. Okay. You have to push in, like, contact. Well, it's so much less it. badass. Of course, yeah, but... All right. I just one of those, I one of those nitpicky things. I'm like, eh. It's dumb. It's a dumb thing to nitpick, but... There's not much to take, not much, well, many bad things about that movie. There's a couple of variations of nail guns. I mean, you can go on with the air going through it, like they're using like the lethal weapon. He kills two guys with a nail gun. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but it, you can't. You can't Happy physically Gilmore, he's shooting shoot the a nail, nail gun, gun until it's cu- contacted to a wall. It's a sa- it's a safety measure with nail guns. All right, we got nail guns at work where you you can. That's a gun. You can you can pop off nails. I mean, yeah. maybe they safeguards off, but you you can. Well, I, I've maybe they can't buy like a consumer one. Where maybe, you can do maybe, that. yeah, maybe. Which is fair, but that was a custom. You can you you have <laughs> nail guns at, at your job that you can literally just aim and shoot. Well, me, I don't. I'm not a technician. But... I get it, but like the technicians can literally point, point and shoot. Yes. And why? Why is that okay? I don't know. They just do. <laughs> that's insanity to me. It. I didn't buy it. That's fair. Because, and that's what we've been watching. Let's do the movie facts for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Came out in 1988. It's PG and it's rated one hour and 44 minutes. There was no PG 13 when this came out. Not that. I don't know what it would be. Anyway, directed by Robert Zemeckis and it stars Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, Charles Fleischer, or Flesher, Stubby K, Joanna Cassidy, and I stopped writing. I think my new thing is I'm just going to write the first five names. 
That's fair. That'll give you a good idea. Uh, the budget for the movie, surprisingly high for this time. $70 million. It's a lot. We will talk budget during the bones of the podcast. Okay. It grossed $329 million. $156 million of that was domestic. The scores for the movie. We got Rotten Tomatoes coming in at 97%. Certified fresh. Audience on Rotten Tomatoes says it deserves an 84%. IMDb, 7.7 out of 10. Metacritic, 83. With a user score of 8.8. I forgot to look up Oscars for this movie. Three wins. Cool. Went three for three. Best editing, best um, visual effects, and I think best sound effects, I want to say. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. Yes. You're blending humans and cartoons. Those are the movie facts, and let's give you our general thoughts, which is always our spoiler-free, and we're going to start with our friend sequel. This movie is incredible. It is a real achievement. They went above and beyond to make the animation real-life transition look seamless. And we, we're, we're going to get into so much of like behind the scenes, and for what they had to do to make it look normal, Stuff you would never notice is incredible. This movie is a true achievement. Hey, Corey, what do you think? I grew up with this movie. I've seen it an innumerable innumerable amount of times. Uh, I loved it as a kid, and I love it more now as an adult going back and watching it. I got all of the childhood nostalgia feels, and now I'm looking at it with an actual moviegoer, like somebody who talks about movies perspective, and I'm like, holy shit, does this thing hold up you're absolutely right sequel this thing is seamless it looks if if what we're watching on screen was possible in our reality this is what it would look like it is insane how good it looks this is my second time seeing it and both times have been within like the past year year and a half ish it holds up it's 1988 and it still looks great they do do a really great job blend like i just said blending the actual people with the cartoon characters i like it i don't love it it's just for whatever reason it's it's a fast watch though the hour and 44 really goes by it didn't seem like it was long at any point definitely the shortest commute of my week so far was the day i watched this easy you just watch it every day and it'll always be a short commute don't do that make it stale yeah it'll get get real stale real fast Or I'll start falling asleep, which means I won't be able to fall asleep at night. Unless it's on. Unless it's on, then it's a weird thing, a weird trigger. But it's good. It's it's solid. Just not amazing to me. Uh, yeah, so from here on out, we're going to be spoiling Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You haven't seen this movie yet, which is, you know, it happens sometimes. I was that guy for a while. You should probably fix that. Yeah, go check it out. And then come back when you're ready to hear spoilers, or if you're ready right now, we're going to do it right now. So, spoilers for Who Framed Roger Rabbit starting right now. Go ahead, guys. Alright, so this movie was in the works since 81. It came out in 88. Um, It's based off a novel called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. I did see that in the credits. The only connection, really, to the novel is the cast of characters, which includes Roger Rabbit... Eddie Valiant, Jessica Rabbit, and Herman, the baby. Oh. Baby Herman. That's uh Wow. So that, the... that's pretty much it. They teased they had a like a like test footage 
that they released on the Disney Channel in 1983, which was like a 40-second scene with Joey Pants playing Eddie Valiant. Joey Pants. And uh, what could have been? They hated it. Did they? Were they it was just. It looked really cool, but like no director wanted to take the mantle because like they think this is way too tough to do. This is gonna be way too tough to do and have it look good. It that's. I mean, that makes sense that Robert Zemeckis was the guy to step up and be like, yep, I'm doing this. Disney movies were failing hardcore in the mid-80s, too. Like, they had, like, Black Cauldron, which was a flop. Great, Great Mouse Detective, which was good, but not really financially successful. And, like, The Rescuers was, like, their last, like, big hit. So that's when, like, Michael Eisner took over. So this was, like, a Disney property, and, like... He had a specific budget in mind for it of $30 million, And as you said, they went way, they way, went way over, over $30 million. And Zemeckis was like, I can do this. I can do this well. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of time. And Spielberg really like stepped in to like, no one's going to tell Steven Spielberg now. He got the rights to all these cartoons. Like you had Looney Tunes and Disney characters sharing the same scene. Um, the reason Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny are in the scene together and Daffy and Donald are in the scene together is no Disney character could have more screen time than a Looney Tunes character. It was an agreement made by like both studios. That's pretty cool. And like Makes sense. the parachute scene when Eddie asked for a spare, yeah. it has to be Bugs that handed him the spare because it's out of Mickey's character to do that. That's why Bugs says, and I a stinker. Yeah. Yes. It, it's out of, it, it is, that's fair. But it was also an Acme product. And Acme products are Looney Tunes. Right. But again, like originally the script called for Mickey to do it and they <laughs> they, they, they had to change. There's a lot of stuff that was like, no, no, we can't, no, we no, can't it's do this. all wrong. Um one thing a couple of things like um casting what ifs. Harrison Ford was slated to play Eddie Valiant first, but he cost way too much money. Okay. Tim Curry auditioned for the role of Doom and it was way too terrifying, they said. And in the original script, and this guy, and this got thrown out. Doom was the person that killed Bambi's mother, <laughs> and that was going to come out. That adds something to the film. I kind of like that in lore, so, like so, so to speak. It seems so like such an unnecessary detail to bring up in the movie. You really don't get anything about Doom's character, well, you, you other can, than the fact that he killed his brother, and he's just a tune gone bad. You can tell immediately, like what kind of person doom is like he kills a shoe for no reason yeah that was one of the that's, no reason that's my least favorite scene in the movie that's also my least favorite scene my least favorite is the fact that the reveal and him like his monologue kind of rambles on of all of the all of the things that he did wrong all in like one 30 minute span when his eyes pop out i was like that's a lot it's a lot to cram in this small moment he's not a great villain no no, he's not a strong villain. He's he's a memorable villain, like visually. Um, but again, I think it's the eyes. You don't get I, all these cartoon characters, with the exception of like Roger Rabbit's like mini universe, with, like Baby Herman and the taxi and the taxi cab. Benny, the taxi cab, right? <laughs> I think so. You, everyone else is a famous character, right? Yeah. Or or like a prop of a famous character, like. What property is doing... Like, I feel there's more you could go into. Yeah, for real. He could have been, like... He was supposed to be the next big thing, but... Yeah, something along those lines, you know? Mickey stepped in, and then he went to the tunes, and then Bugs stepped in, so he just couldn't find his foothold in either of those two, so that's why he has a thing against tunes. Like, they reveal the fact that... 
Okay, so at one point early, right before your guys' least favorite with the shoe, which is at minimum manslaughter or tune slaughter because right. that tune did nothing wrong. Tune slaughter. Yeah, it just escaped its box when you knocked it over. Yeah, like the tune did nothing wrong. Yeah. We can kill tunes now. Let's kill this innocent one. Yeah, just to show you how it works. Neat. Really, it's it's kind of the, to hint that he, that he's attuned because he has to put on that huge rubber glove to put his hand in acetate. Yeah, I didn't think about that until this Turpentine viewing. I was like, all right, because he's attuned. Yeah. But he I can't... guess humans wouldn't be able to touch that crap they, without being... But they like, can. Like, like, Eddie Valiant walks through it. But he's wearing shoes. Like, you're not going to dip your bare hand in there with a tune. Probably shouldn't, but it won't... Probably would burn a lot. you. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't I don't feel know. good. I, I, yeah. Either way. You're not going to touch acetone. You just don't want to. <laughs> You're right. Fair. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Fuck, where was I going with that before we got off track? Hope you find it now. Oh, shortly before that, that, that moment happens, he says that he... Valiant's like, hey, how did he become a judge of Toontown? Like he threw some money around. He threw where some. Do you, where do you get the money? Yeah, we yeah. find out that he's the guy that stole a zillion shumels or whatever they called them from the bank, and that's how he got the money to buy the election. It's very quick. Yeah, Makes something sense. I never, yeah. never picked up until this viewing. From a technical standpoint, like you have cartoons interacting with real life props, and the way they did this is like incredible to me. Like. Baby Herman smoking the cigar. That is a robot arm in a baby carriage with someone operating it, like mimicking the movements with the human arm, and they animated it over it. Oh. Like, that seems like such a incredible expense for, like, two scenes of Baby Herman smoking a cigar. So the cigar itself was real? Yeah, the cigar is real. The, the weasels are holding um. real guns. Yeah, that's true. The weasels are holding right My down. stogie! When, My stogie! When Roger Rabbit jumps on the bed in Eddie Valiant's apartment slash office, the bed has an impression in it. Like, it gives a little bit. Like, there, there's little things that you don't notice because... Fuck. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they do so much. You would notice it if it didn't do anything because it would feel out of place, but mm. it feels like it's actually there. Dueling pianos with Daffy and Donald, which is tied for my favorite scene in the movie... It's quick. They had to raise the set 10 feet to have puppeteers operating the trays that the penguins are walking around holding. And the octopus, who's in the movie for like maybe five seconds. I don't even remember the octopus. He's the bartender. He's the bartender. He's flipping like glasses and, and shakers. Okay, I'll take your word for it. They have puppeteers above the bar dangling the stuff on strings and moving it like back and forth. Like, like if you watch the making of of this, it's it's incredible. Is there a making of documentary? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's okay. a bunch of clips on YouTube, and it's it's so good. I highly recommend that. Like, and and it's all for like a nothing scene, really. Like, you can just have Eddie Valiant sit down, talk to Mr. Acme, and have Jessica come out. You don't really need that. Well, that's exactly that it, right? The the only real purpose of that scene. Is to introduce Jessica Rabbit yes. and introduce Acme. In Betty, a way, it's kind of a huge waste of money. But it's it's huge, but necessary to make this world yeah, like it's world it's world building. Well, yeah, right? you, you want to make it feel authentic and lived in. Like I get it. It's just crazy to think about, like the seventy million dollar budget, all these unnecessary things that people people being me didn't even notice. I don't even remember that's, that. But scene. that's the point. Yeah. Like you're not supposed yeah. to notice it. 
And like you hear about, you know, when um, Amelia Clark talks to her dragons on Game of Thrones, she's talking to like PVC pipe and a tennis ball. Right. That's another thing that's really impressive. The amount of physical acting actors have to do with nothing. With nothing there, right? Like when he's when Eddie Valiant is struggling with with Roger Rabbit, he doesn't have a Roger Rabbit to like choke and like move around and stuff. It's and all Bob Hoskins. It's just all channeling. Just, Jumping around. Yep. The one thing they did do, which was really smart, is they had the voice actors off set. So they didn't like film the movie, then have the voice actors fill in after the fact. Oh, they actually is... had them speaking in character. They still had to speak after the fact, but this way... At the, least it's a real conversation. It's a real conversation yeah, going on so with the character. With you don't have like a PA reading a script off to the side, not doing any acting. You actually have like, all right, I'm in the moment now. But Eddie, they're going to kill me. Exactly. That's a a smart play. Yes, yeah, that's honestly. very that's a very good idea. Fleischman is the guy that voices uh most of the people. Or yeah, he and voices Roger. Roger. Yeah. He is a little, he's a little like off the ball, and uh, he actually had the costume department make him like a rabbit suit, which he insisted uh, upon wearing and <laughs> walking around and doing his like voice acting. And there's a lot of cool things like behind the scenes. This is where one. some of this money went. I'm starting to see. Well. Listen, I, it's not a very convincing Thanks. rabbit. You know what, though? Did you see pictures of it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And at the end of the day... I'm joking. I'm not actually upset about this. No, no, I know. But, I mean, realistically, like, I could understand if you were there and you were in the finance department being like... He wants what? You, you, we're going to set... You said 70, right? Not 7? Not 17? 7D. Oh, Okay. And I mean, not my money, lady. Yeah, right. <laughs> but three hundred and thirty, you said. The uh, three twenty-nine, close enough. Worldwide, yeah, yeah, yeah. One fifty demand. That's huge for. Yeah, I think that's, that for the time it was like the twentieth yeah. highest grossing. Yeah, and it's top twenty. You know that means that it's worth it. Yes, right. I mean, if this movie, if this movie only made a hundred and forty million, it still would have been worth oh, it. Oh, for sure. I'm very happy. This is a standalone thing and there's no spin-off movie there was no roger rabbit cartoon after this that i know of or, or can recall i like it. it's just this i never want to see a sequel and i feel there's a lot of like franchisability with this with the roger rabbit crew because it's going to be really tough to get licenses for the rest of the characters for like a con- continued franchise but roger rabbit not becoming like a saturday morning cartoon is kind of like mind-blowing to me Really, the only uh, the only franchisey type legacy that this movie has is the fact that people still to this day dress up as Jessica and Roger Rabbit for Halloween. Yeah, yep. Oh, they're pop culture icons for sure. I'm sad to admit that in the next year or so it will be my Halloween costume. Are you being? You're gonna make a sweet Jessica. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not bad. I'm just drawn this way. My redheaded wife has. I think she's done it before, but she wants to do it nice. again. Like, all right, let's do this. Put me in bow ties and overalls. Like every other Saturday. <laughs> Joe, you really got to stop peeking in through my windows, bud. I, I can't help it. You, just, you yeah. leave them open. Both of us. It's it's crazy. crazy. Story-wise, again, we we mentioned before, it's, it's a really quick watch. Um, it's a noir, like a funny noir. Like, it's... Um, it's like a half noir. noir. 
It like you kind of hints at being a noir, but it's not really. You, you don't get the the narration of a parody noir, noir style, mm-hmm. I guess. Right? You get like early narration, and it it's more stops. a funny detective movie. Right. I'm shocked at how strong of a story it really is. Like it bounces around pretty quickly to like like I guess the tears of the private detective. Right? Like it's an innocent essentially frame job you're exposing a cheating wife to uh well why did this guy get murdered to holy shit there's a much bigger conspiracy here yes like it it moves through like that progression very well and very smoothly and quickly like i don't feel like we act like are forced to linger on any one of those pieces too long before the next domino falls which I really appreciate. I, Again, the the villain might be kind of weak, but the story that's built around that villain is cool. And his motivation is garbage. I hate that motivation, by the way. For Doom or for... Eddie? Doom. Okay. I hate Doom's motivation. The freeway. A freeway with gas stations. I like a tune would have an idea that bad. I like the satire of that, it. Yeah, I love the satire of it. Yeah. But like, it, it was just one of those things where I was just like, freeway. Like, I wish he had just said like a mall. Like... He had, like, come up with the, like, the actual idea of a mall. mall or, like, a mini mall. I've been like, like, Dave and Busters. Yeah, right? Like. Ooh. Hold on. I think he's on to something. Hold on a second. I Getting feel... on and off and on and off. Off and on. Never be traffic. There's so much traffic. Which, again, I mean, it's a brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. irony, right? But like, there was well, traffic in LA at the time. No. Well, they, they well not in that world. Because they're, they're mentioning the fact that. I don't need to own a car. Public transportation's a nickel. Like, uh, well, I mean, this takes place in '46, long before '47. Yes. Oh, I, I, I know. I'm just nitpicking. But no, that's fine. Yeah. I, I just want to say '40. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the first highway doesn't get built till post World War II. Right. But for what I'm saying is, like, you're saying there's traffic at, at the time. You really don't see it. Oh, I'm talking about 1988 when the movie was oh, made. Gotcha, gotcha, like, gotcha. Like the okay. actual real okay. time. I'm sorry. That, right. that wasn't me being unclear. I apologize. That's fine. There was probably plenty of traffic then, yes. Yeah. yes. In 1988, I'm sure oh, LA had... Uh, positive. The, I love the, that they just the ride on the back of the bus without paying the fare. Yes, it's very, like, 40s-esque. You oh, see that, that in a, in a It's almost of... like, what is it called, skitching? When you just, you're just you on your skateboard mm-hmm. and you grab onto yeah. the bumper of a car. I always call that Marty McFlying, but, yeah, that's probably the I actual I love it term. in um, A Bronx Tale when... Mm-hmm. Robert Jr. is driving the bus and kids are jumping on and off and it's outstanding. I also think that that's a really good moment for Eddie Valiant because we know him up to that point as a drunkard and a sourpuss and a guy who hates tunes. And the almost the entirety of the rest of the movie, he's a sourpuss that hates tunes. But and in drinks. that moment, in that moment alone, he is such a... It's like such a humanizing moment. It's so short, but it's so humanizing. He's helping the other kid get on. He's having a fun conversation with the guys. Those 12-year-old kids give him a couple cigarettes. Yeah, he thanks him for the cigarette. <laughs> I love his character in this. But Bob Hoskins nails it. I don't think Harrison Ford would, would have been no, able I to... No, I think it's a perfect casting, I, really. It's really tough to like picture him as it. I think he's such a well-developed character. Like His motivation is clear. Um, he's like a tragic figure. There's something happened in his life. He has to defend a tune where he hates tunes because the closest person in his life was killed by a tune, and he has no idea Doom is the one that did it. And to the end, it's not like a vendetta against Doom. Yeah. He's just trying. First, he's trying to earn some money. Yep. Secondly, he's trying to 
he's something isn't right to him and he's a good cop at heart and he is kind of investigating the matter then he wants to do the right thing and then he's he gets a little bit of a, a, a has a little bit of vendetta going like at the end so it's like his his actions are totally justified for and, sure and he gives a incredible comedy performance at the end the song and dance yeah that's outstanding whole, that yep. song is very weak oh man you're absolutely right. And but I think that's on him. purpose. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I totally think it's just an on-purpose thing. I think they chose to make that Those song weasels leak. laugh at anything. Yeah, I mean. You'll laugh yourself to death. Tunes. It several times. Tunes be crazy. The fact that it was hyenas before that. Yes. It makes perfect sense. Yep. Loved that. Loved, again, something I've, I must have missed because I don't remember it. But, it, like, that's such a good little, like, a, little, a nice little one-liner. Like, yeah, of course. Of course, hyenas always, like, cackling. I love the little adult humor moments that we get. Probate, not prostate. Yep, that's perfect. Is that a rabbit in your pants? You're just happy to see me. Mm-hmm. Baby Herman walking on the, the, the mm-hmm. woman's skirt. Um, this the, His interaction with his handler, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or not, Baby Herman. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's like his assistant. I think is kind of the way it... Uh... Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, because he's because he's rich. Seems he, like he's actually a baby, and he's not. He's just. And he's the more famous. Like we take care of this actor, in like the scene, like that opening scene. Yeah, he's like, like he, he's the one throwing the tantrum. Like he's the he's the bigger prima donna. Did the the famous cartoon I can like like give you stars. Their relationship too is like. Roger Rabbit is the Tom to, Baby Herman's Jerry. Like, it's not like they're antagonizing, but he's trying to watch him, and he's, like, he's the one getting into the physical antics and getting beat up where Baby Herman's just doing his thing, being a baby. (laughs) Everything just so happens to work out perfectly for Baby Herman, which causes all of the problems for Roger. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely. But because Roger's kind of on the downswing, he's not focused, he can't make stars. Right, exactly. He's he's distracted. That's Mm -hmm. why R.K. Maroon wants... uh, Hires Eddie to investigate everything to begin with. Or right? so we think. Or so we think. So that's, we think. That's the red herring in there. I love... It's a dumb thing, but like the machine that they're using to edit. Like they're running the film through and they're like right. chopping it and putting it together. I just like that machine because you... Or just that moment when you open the door and just like... Because like there's so much cartoon things happening in the world around them that that seems cartoonish. But it's real. So it's like both sides of the world are kind of interacting with each other in a yes. way. The fact that Benny the cab ends up driving a car, like Yeah, that's 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 it awesome. all interacts with each other in such a real way that it's just I can't I can't get over how amazing it all looked. We should also mention there is no computer animation in this whatsoever. Everything is hand drawn. It looks it. Mm, it so does. that makes sense. And then that fits like the forties feel that they were going for. And they I like the fact that there is no like post nineteen forty seven cartoons like running around there also. It's a very good like attention to detail mm-hmm. type deal. <laughs> no anachronisms. Betty Boop the Betty Boop moment, I oh, he, he is such a great <laughs> he is such like a he's so nice to her. Yeah. Again, like again one of those quick little humanizing moments that you could miss if you blink, like like Betty, like he has a fond memory yeah. of Betty. He's not. He has nothing against Betty. It's, well, what are you doing here? It's tough to get work when everything's in color now. Yeah, she's a black and white cartoon. Exactly. 
and he which is he got could, it and he just lies to her because you can see that he doesn't really mean that he's just being nice yeah but he also is like that's Betty is a memory of a time when he didn't hate Toontown. Right. Like, when he could go to Toontown and enjoy it. And, you know, when his brother was still alive. Like, it's back in the days when his brother was still alive. Like, it's it's important to, to have those humanizing moments to Roger really... Roger says, if you're a Toon in trouble, go see Valiant and Valiant, right? That's yes. Teddy yep. and Eddie. They know, back Teddy from the Eddie. good old days. Teddy and Eddie. Good, good job naming them, parents. I like going back to the animation. Um, not that this is actually animation, but when Roger is flipping through the pictures of them playing patty oh, yes. cake. Yes. First of all, the fact that patty cake is a euphemism, euphemism for sex. Yes. But in the movie, they're actually playing just playing patty cake. And he's upset. And he's so upset about it. I never, obviously when I was a kid, I never got the joke. But I was like, yeah, they're playing patty cake. I guess it's a... Huge no-no. Now as an adult, I'm like, oh, 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 I see what they were going yeah. for. I'd That's like to funny. play patty cake with her. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but the fact that he's like, he ends up moving it so fast that it animates yeah, just like, like the a, way... Like a moving moving picture book, like uh, the flip book, right? But that's also yeah. how the, how these cartoons are made. were made, yes. drawing mil- hundreds of thousands of these over and over again, just it barely moving. Like 24 drawings to get one second of animation, I think, is the, the ratio. I think so. That's absurd right? Yeah. to think about. And that's what they did for this. So. Yeah. And how many people doing how many numbers of drawings? Because they got to fill... 104 minutes. And there's next to... There There are very few scenes in this movie that are... cartoon Yeah. Yeah, it's it's only really Eddie Valiant solo in his office. The first time he's in the bar. Right. And I guess the first meeting with Maroon. But even then, he opens up the window. There's Dumbo. Yeah, well, he opens up the window with the... Um, the band just broke out of the box, and then right. Dumbo. Well, there are periods of time, that, and then just tunes end up appearing in the scene. Like when he gets to the apartment where Roger is in the bed. Yeah. That whole first part, there's no tunes in it. Yes. Yep. But there was a tune right before, because he just got done He just got done having the conversation with Herman, too. Very, oh, yeah, very few. True. Yeah, very few moments without cartoons in us. When he's in the bathroom, there's stuff written on the bathroom stall. I don't know if you caught that. I saw it. I don't remember. I, I read one of them. I can't remember I think I'm, the name. I meant to try to read it. And Alice I couldn't. in Wonderland, like for a good time, call Alice in Wonderland. But it's like Allison, not Alice in. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's probably the one I saw then. That's cool. And I think there there was a rumor that um for the theatrical cut, it was uh Michael Eisner's phone number that they used. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bold. <laughs> yeah, really. I guess they just assumed that nobody would go. I mean, I guess they also didn't have the. Uh, we couldn't. We couldn't pause in the theater. Yeah. To check out the number. The aforethought. Can you of, slow the film down, please? Do that one more time. I'm trying to use my cellular telephone. God, were cell phones even available in '88? Probably not, not to us. Definitely well, not I mean, to us. For the we were one of the elite. So. <laughs> Thirty. I mean, it's thirty-one years old. Car phones were a thing. Yes. Car phones. How did that not continue to be a thing? Well, we, we decided that it's illegal to talk on phones and cars. Is that a but nationwide free. thing now? What? The cell phone ban? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I know so. it was like a state issue for a long time. I don't know if all states passed it. I don't know why they would not. <laughs> this is just one whole not state. Phones <laughs> are fine. Right. Yeah, probably one of those southern states that don't want you stepping all over their civil liberties. Or like Montana or Wyoming, where there's like nobody. But like... <laughs> all the traffic accidents like, involve yeah, cattle. It's not a big deal. 
sure. Well, you could you can swerve off the road even if it's not sure. traffic. But I could swerve off the road. This is a not looking at myself. This is a tangent, separate object. Man. Yeah, let's get I back. I said object. I meant subject. Uh, we know what you meant. I just want to be clear. Favorite scene for me, dueling pianos is probably like my one A. My one B is the opening actual cartoon scene because I like how this like vibrant and bright it is. I always forget about it too when I watch this movie. I totally forgot turning it on. I forgot about it for the second time, and I was like, "Oh crap! How long does this go on?" Because it's like it's like an intro feature. Yes. Like it's like a whole separate. Like I thought. I remembered it being like a completely separate cartoon, and then the movie starts. But it's about the length of what a cartoon those cartoons a were, cartoon. with like eight minutes. Right? Yeah, um, I love the the snap into reality when the fridge hits the rabbit, and then we get actual people like. And then we zoom. Yeah, out. we yes. hear we hear the word cut. Mm-hmm. We zoom out and realize that it's a it's a soundstage. What are these it, birds? Yeah. Read the script. Stars. They're supposed to be stars. The rabbit can't remember his lines. Baby Herman's chastising Roger in front of the whole I'll be in my trailer see ya Raul I have it's such a good moment but I do have a bit of a problem with with the fact that he's so mad that it's birds and not stars I'm like doesn't it get the same point across why you need him to be stars let him go the script's the script the script is the script without the script it's anarchy and I I wonder like how much control tunes have in like toontown or even in like real life like so not only are there lines written for them but then they're like metaphysical actions are (laughs) are like written for them like also like what if you have a character and like in the scripts you call for him to like create something and he just like can't do it like i guess you would know that going in but it's just like weird like so a lot more script writing goes into this than like an actual cartoon where the animator can do whatever the hell he wants. Like, are the metaphysics like unlimited? I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird conversation to have because I thought about that when after the reveal, after the doom reveal, because he like turns his body and then pulls his arm around and then it's a saw and then he starts like like essentially thrusting his arm and making it like bigger and wider and then he like it's strong enough to cut through the chain like it's it is a very strange question i'm just curious like but it's also like they also in in that moment too where he's like what are these birds they're supposed to be stars that suggests that a tune controls what he produces he or she produces after getting zonked in the head because then apparently they do well, exactly, because Ro- like Roger even follows him. He's like, I can make stars, and just keeps bashing his head in with a plan. Yeah, he's at got no point, birds. At no point is it stars. No, no exactly, because he can't focus yet. He's too distracted. Yes, and, and also and like, drinking certainly doesn't help. Again, not much to do with the movie, but like just because I've seen it so many times, like there's a whole like creationism aspect to this. Like how. How were they born? How they're not? They can't be born, right? right? Because you're just created as a tune. You're that age forever. Going back to that super famous line, she's not bad. She's she just drawn, drawn that, that way. way. So somebody had to like, draw her. Jessica Rabbit didn't have a childhood. She has a creation, and maybe the the her creator gave her a backstory. I guess. Like, yeah. How? Like, like, like this is yeah. so many like different things. And going back to like the metaphysics aspect, like if you can like put Space Jam rules into it, like. They're they're in a tune world. That means the the human beings in this tune world would have different abilities also. 
right? Like they wouldn't be able to die. In yeah, the like, world, except like for the at, at the end, stuff, of, apparently. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, then it really didn't matter that Valiant didn't get, or Valiant got a spare tire instead of a spare chute because right. even if he had fallen onto the ground, oh wait, no, they can die because his bounced. brother died in Toon World. Oh, that's right. He got a piano dropped on his head in Toon World. Okay, yeah. So, but was it a a Toon piano? Like that's the whole yeah. thing. So again, connected universes because Bugs Bunny is in Roger Rabbit. And Porky Pigs and Roger Rabbit and Yosemite Sam, they're also in Space Jam. It's the origin of that's all, folks. Apparently. They're also in Space Jam, where, where different rules apply. That's true. I don't know. This is literal to learn. He then kicks him into a, one of the black holes that he put on the ground. That's right. I combined it with I was about to say, this is... Sparta with 300. Oh. You said this is Looney Tunes land. So then he drops one of the black holes and kicks somebody into it. Oh, Get it? I got it. Yeah. I, I love, 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 love those dots. That's I love the Acme Factory in general. It's not my favorite scene. I'll talk about that in a second. But just the Acme Factory in general, the way that like these things that you see in cartoons all the time are just put in boxes to get shipped out to different sets for different purposes, and the way that like the whole thing works, and like the fact that he could use it to make a hole in the magnet to get out of there. Yeah. Oh, so, so cool. It's a bold move. What if it makes a hole in you, too? It's scary. It's scary to think about. It's true. So, my favorite scene, uh, and it might just be because I remember it really freaking me out as a kid, but the reveal of Doom as a tune from when he punches the glue... So when he starts speaking after he like starts blowing himself back up after he gets uh, steamrolled, yeah. So as he's getting steamrolled, because that is terror, that is a terrifying moment. Like when he's like glued to like the steamroller and he can't get up. Everybody like turns o- and everybody turns yeah. away because they don't want to see a human's skull get crushed, crushed like that. Right. Only to find out that he's a tune, so he like gets up. He stumbles or weirdly, rubber band walks over to like. He does walk real weird. Helium, I guess, and blows himself back up. Mm-hmm. All of that is so creepy, but s- just so memorable. It's such a memorable moment. Like, it's such a memorable reveal. Despite it being a weak villain, like, it's a memorable moment. I just really enjoy that. I'll be honest, in between viewings, I forgot. I forgot he was a tune. Nice. Really? Yeah. Well, that's the idea. That's good, though. It's supposed because... to be a, a holy shit moment mm-hmm. as a first-time viewer, so... But as a second time viewer? If you forgot, the movie did a good job of you of making you forget. Or at the very least, it means that you got to enjoy that reveal for the second time. Like, they're not trying to hide that he's the bad guy. His fucking name is Doom. Right, but the fact that he's a tune. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it's very early on <sighs> you realize he's the bad guy. And it took me forever to figure out why his face was still there after he like went through the dip. Like, after he was dipped. Because he was wearing a plastic mask, yeah, it, it's like a one-liner too. Right. And oh, it's a plastic mask. I wish we had seen him without the mask. Then it does. Yeah, it doesn't make yeah, him even say like, "I wonder who he really was." Yeah. Like, somebody says, "I wonder who he really was." That's probably the most disappointing thing about the movie is that we don't see what he looked like as a tune. Because you'd think in like the final moments, he, he would have like taken the mask off, to, like reveal like the himself. mask would get destroyed, and you'd get to see the person under the mask. Because yeah. that's a pretty tropey thing for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Well, like when he blows himself up, his eyeballs pop out. So they let that happen. Right, that was an acne prop also. There was a yeah, all the eyes. fake eyes. Yep. Yeah. He was wearing dark sunglasses the whole time. He was. Because the eyes were clearly fake, so you can't yeah. let anybody see him. 
Joe, you got a favorite scene? Uh, I do, because I had Heard to pick down. one. I, I couldn't think of anything like memorably favorite, but my favorite one is the when we get introduced to his tune gun. Oh okay. yeah, another great moment. With the, the bullets. living bullets that aren't actually bullets, they're just projectiles you shoot and then they whip out a knife to hit something. The Tomahawk. first one does. Yeah. The first one does because it's a Native American. Not PC. But, yep. Uh, it was a different time. Yeah. I don't think he fires any more bullets. We don't see three any more. more. He fires a tomahawk, then he fires three more shots, and uh, it's after Doom turns a corner. Yep, so they all goes, stop. All right, which yeah, which yeah, way yeah. did he go? I don't know. And they're like, I think he went that way, and they go the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. And then he ditches the gun. With two well, we don't know what kind of weapons they had. Darn but, it. But it's a six-shooter. He's got six bullets. He fires four shots yes. and throws the gun away. Yep. And and I bet you those bullets are good for more than one shot. It looks like it. Considering they're not actual bullets. The way, the fact that like when he like opens up the cover and all six Any bullets. Valiant, my eyes be damned. Did you read the yeah. inscription on who it's from? I could not. It's from Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Yeah. It's like a, a thanks for helping me out or something like that. Did, was there a moment that they pan in on it, like that you could read it? Um. Because I was like yeah. I said, I watched it on the train on my phone. It's quick. It's like they pan over it. Okay. The... You get like a second and a half yeah. to look at the box. All right. Because I, I tried to read it, and it, it wasn't clear on my phone. So It's from Yosemite Sam, and Eddie has a brief interaction with Yosemite Sam. And That's what I, my I, line is from. I really wish there was a uh, a, a, a little bit. Oh, hey, Eddie, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, a, rec- a recognition yeah. would have yeah. nice. What was mm-hmm. your line again? Uh, the podcast whose biscuits are burning. That's from Yosemite Sam. His butt's on fire. Yeah. The when biscuits he, are burning. He launches yeah, no, no, over I get the it. wall of Toontown. Like, like the first the time we world. see Toontown. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, exactly. So it really should have been... This should have been recognition. Yeah. Let's I hit. missed opportunity. Toontown's a little too trippy for me. It is, it is quite... <laughs> it's you know what? weird. It's, it's super weird because it's also... The general look of Toontown is even older than the tunes that we're looking at. So, like, the landscape, the sun is even, like, super original cartoons. Like, at least Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Donald Duck, they have, like, right. newer, younger iterations. Mm-hmm. It's the Betty Boop Toontown. Yeah. It's, it's like, Boop. just Betty Boop's Toontown that got colorized. So it's, it's like, super old, which makes it really, really I wonder really if there's trippy. a black and white section of Toontown. There, there has to be, right? I would imagine there Unless, is. well, again... Unless it, everything else got colorized and it, Betty Boop just... It's, like, a creationalist, like, aspect. Yeah. Like, we don't know who created Toontown. We Did don't know. Up and we don't know if somebody, if, if, if there is a creator. Did they make it for the just... to live? Did somebody draw it? I don't know. What happened? Someone get really big construction paper and just draw Dune Town and decide this is where this tunnel goes now? So when Eddie is like trying to find um, Jessica in her like apartment building and she comes across a like really ugly um, tune in the same dress Jessica's wearing, that's a male is it? It has an Adam's apple. Like a clear Adam's apple. That was the first time I ever noticed it. Oh, really? Like, wow, that's <laughs> a little bizarre there. Probably something you wouldn't be able to get away with today also. Probably not. No, definitely not. Yeah. I thought there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I don't remember what it was. So it must not have been that important. Oh, my real nitpicky thing. Yeah. Okay. The title of this movie... There is no question, no question mark. No question mark. Thank you. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I was, was going to say, bothers me. Joe, when you upload the title, don't put a question mark because it's not the title. It changes everything. Yeah. However, however, there are certain situations in the English language where the word who at the start of a sentence could be a statement. 
Okay, but it's not the case in this because there's a reason why there is no question mark. Okay, what's the reason that there's no question mark? Because Bob Zemeckis thought it looked dumb with a question mark. He didn't think the animation looked right. That's... He thought it looked bulky and unnecessary, and he liked it much better without a question mark. That's insanity. That's why there's no question. Mark. I can fi- like I can visit like physically see a question mark, like imagine a question mark there, and if you made it a little bit bigger and kind of come up over the top, it would look awesome. Whatever renditions they came up with, he just didn't like it. So that's why there is no question mark. It was very anti-question mark. I hate it because you can just as easily say it is a movie about the guy who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's a way of looking at it. It's a statement. Yeah. Who framed Roger Who framed Roger Rabbit? This is who framed Roger Rabbit. But that's the second half of the statement, right? Don't you need a this is or something in front of it in order to make that? No, because I could say, oh, what is that movie about? Oh, it's about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's but you're saying it's about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But if someone goes, What's this movie about? Who it, Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. So you need you want an ellipse in front of it. Dot 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 Who, who framed, framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. I yes. mean it would make more sense that way. Punctuation. But Bob yes. Zemeckis would also hate that, I'm pretty sure. But the, it's definitely a, it's a question of who framed Roger Rabbit. That's And the ellipses at the front also leans itself into Looney Tunes though. I think all Looney Tunes is ellipsis Looney Tunes. Is it? I'm not sure. I just the logo i'm not remembering that but it's possible you're right um yeah so zemeckis was anti-question mark i really want a question mark though yeah it bothers me that's not there okay i might be wrong about my ellipses maybe i'm just thinking that i saw them before because i'm looking at a lot of looney tunes covers and it's not ellipsis looney tunes so i must be wrong okay we're on mandela affected and i remember there being an ellipses but there you go could be could be. I got into a long conversation about that recently. I'm sorry. I'm not. I love that stuff. Okay. Well, then I'm not sorry, and I'm happy for you. Thanks, bud. You're welcome. Should we stone this thing? We probably I should. Think we're there. Let's do it. It's only else. natural. It's what we do here. Yes, it is. How do we do that, Joe? We give each movie, Corey, each movie that we review gets a number of infinity stones from one to six, indicating how good or bad we thought it is. If you give it six stones, you can also give it an infinity gauntlet. And that's about how that works. So let's kick it over to Mr. Corey for his rating of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So last week was Joker, right? Correct. Week before that was Titanic, right? Mm, Was it Titanic then? Titanic closed out. No, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Okay. All right. So never mind. My sentence doesn't make sense. Were you going to give it the same amount of... No, no, no. Okay. I think I gave Titanic five. I ended up giving Joker six. So as this trend upwards into better movies, this movie is getting six stones of gauntlet. It is getting six stones for being an incredibly well-made movie. It is getting the gauntlet for the nostalgia that I feel watching it and remembering some of like the brighter moments of my childhood. And the fact that it still holds up and still makes me feel that type of joy, I love it. I was pretty sure you were giving this a gauntlet. That, well, there When you is. said you had no least favorite scene before we started... It, yeah. I was like, you're definitely giving this a call. <laughs> it's burying the lead. lead. Sequel, what are you giving it? This movie has like everything I like about movies, where like the technical aspect of it, the, the acting aspect of it. It's it's a it's a fun watch. It's a quick watch. The plot's very like this is what it is. There's some twists, some turns, but it's still it doesn't deviate. You're not really questioning any plot points. And I can watch the making of this just as easily as I can watch the movie. So for the for the film geek in me, I'm, I'm giving it six stones in the gauntlet. It's a fun watch for kids. It's a fun watch for adults. And it's 
just by them going the extra mile just to put things in there to make it more seamless that most viewers wouldn't even notice is incredible to me and kudos to them six stones in a gauntlet in 1988 by the way let's remember that this movie was made 31 years ago there have been movies that we have reviewed that are much younger than this that don't look as good as this way 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 worse this goes to show you hollywood physical effects practical effects and no computer animation before joe rates it is does this look better than constantine absolutely a Uh, million uh, times better than constantine no no. (laughs) can't do it sorry i had i had to do it i had to i had to ask spawn it's apples and oranges nine years later yeah spawn looks like a bad n64 there's no fire animation in this that's Fair. No, they would have used real fire. That's the whole thing. There is, is fire is there, animation. I was about to say, there is, there, is there fire animation or is there just Stove fire top. in this? Stovetop. Stovetop in the cartoon. Ah, uh, yeah, right. I don't know if Yosemite Sam burns his ass on real fire or fake fire. I'm pretty sure that's also fake fire. <laughs> Seeing as how he's a fake man. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the cartoon They set a little doll on fire things. and threw it over a fake. <laughs> All right, I've distracted you enough. That's okay. Go ahead, Joe. What are, what are you going to give this bad boy? Well, let's bring this score down a little bit. I hate you. you I, I can't, I'm not giving this a call. It, you should. It's just not a call-it movie for me. I'm sorry. It's a, you can't tell me. You can't tell me. I know I can. I'm being facetious, guys. I know. Love you. Love you, dear. Thank you. Um, I am going to end up giving this movie five stones because I think this movie is very technically well done. It still holds up. It's almost when it is forty years old. No, thirty. It's okay. Joe, don't use that. Take that out. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was born in eighty-seven. I was also born in eighty-seven. I was born in eighty-eight. Youngin. Second highest grossing movie of eighty-eight is this one. This movie is a couple years older than Frank. It's quite a few years older than Frank. Like four, four Four or five five years older than Frank. Frank was in ninety-three. But I digress. Fucking. Envious of that child. Older than Matt, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where I was. Yeah, it's well made. It still holds up. It's an enjoyable movie to watch. It's really quick. It's a seamless transition. It's really done really well with the humans. It's it's everything that Warcraft should have been. Yeah. With not real characters and real humans existing on the same plane, but this works so much better and it's made so much earlier than it. It's kind of weird to think about. I don't know that I love Bob Hoskins in the role that much. Like, I like his performance, but as the character, I don't know. I think Harrison Ford would have brought a swag to it that Bob Hoskins doesn't have. I kept thinking, this is Mario from the Mario movie. Oh, fuck, that's right. I saw it before Mario. Yeah, that's why you didn't have to think that. But I did, and I was like, man, he's doing such a better job in this. It's like this is a better movie. That's way better. Not even a comparison. I'm not even sure the Mario Brothers movie is a movie. But yeah, Five Stones, I like it, just not as much as you guys, as is evidenced by you giving it the highest score possible. If you want to let us know your thoughts about who framed Roger Rabbit, do you feel like there should be a question mark? Yes or no? Send us an email about it to zthpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Send us gifts of your favorite tune. Looney Tune, Disney cartoon. Tex Avery. Sure. Music. Whatever. Oh, yeah, tune. That type of tune, too. 
Send us whatever those are on Twitter at ZTH Podcast. If you are planning on being Roger or Jessica Rabbit or Eddie Valiant or Judge Doom, really anybody from this movie for Halloween because it is that season, go ahead and take a picture of your costume and send those over to us on Instagram. Again, at ZTH Podcast. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast. Or search for us within Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes. Zeros and Heroes end in ES, and there is no question mark. Ever was. Or should there be? Zeros Talking Heroes? <laughs> Anything you put on that teleprompter, he will read. I just had this conversation <laughs> yesterday, too. <laughs> And go on iTunes or your podcast app gives a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show and it gives you the option to. And also subscribe, tell people about the show, leave a review. These are all things you can do. Like our posts, share our posts, help us out. And we thank you for it in advance. Thank you for joining us for the Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode. Next time, we're going to be doing Amazing Spider-Man 2, or The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I forget if there's a the there. I think there is. I think there is also. I don't care about that one. I know. <laughs> the, no, the. It doesn't matter to me. Join us for that. There is a the. Mystery solved within the time frame of the podcast. You're welcome, everyone. On that note. On that note, it's my job to let you know, as always, that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Who Framed Roger Rabbit might be the favorite movie of one of the people, one or two of the people sitting here. No. <laughs> but it's damn good. Might be... <laughs> One still. I don't potential. think it's favorite movie. It's probably up there. He's not prepared to answer. I'm not. That's fair. I plead the fifth. It's a good move. Which is what Roger should have done from the get go. The laws are crazy over there. That's fair. Change Judge house. Doom was not really interested in any sort of trial. That's, that's a fair point. It's only punishment. And good night, everyone. He even said he was going to try him, but then as soon as he caught him, he just tried to dip him right yep. in the dip. It's crazy. Give him a chance.